Hi, good morning. Thank you, everyone. Um, if you saw my name on the sheet and thought, oh, no, not another 40-minute exposition from Genesis to Revelation, rest assured we're not going to do that this morning. It's going to be very different this morning. I'm going to be much, much shorter at a cover. Um, we just really want this morning to be a message from God for us. We want to spend time inviting the Holy Spirit to speak to us. So we've got plenty of time. We've got songs. We've got a response, which I'll explain about in a moment. But really, our heart today, is the subject we're on, is not a matter that I can talk here and say this is the challenge we have. Each individually, we will have things that God wants to help us with, to encourage us in, uh, and to lead us into a new place. So we're going to be doing that. So just to give you a bit of warning, and I will actually encourage people upstairs after the message if you if you're able to come down there are more than enough chairs down here for you for that because we're going to do something down here and what we're going to do is actually pass out some pieces of paper um and there's a lot of these bits of paper and we're just going to let them flow through Uh, and i'll explain what's on them but but the idea is is that when you receive them we're just going to ask you to pray lord is this for me A simple prayer, not complicated, is this for me? And if the answer to that is no, then pass it on. If the answer to it is yes, I encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal what it is that you've got this bit of paper for. And and as we come into that, I'll explain, you'll you'll see what what we mean by that. But just to give you a bit of a warning, that's what we're going to do. And we're really going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak individually into each of our own situations, as only he can do. I can't do that from here. And so if we really want to get the most from these commandments we're in today, we're going to need to do that. So I'm just going to pray, and then we're going to carry on. So Lord, I just thank you that we gather to worship here, and I pray that you would indeed speak with us this morning, that you would speak individually to each and every one of us. I pray you give us courage, you give us... Um, encouragement to know that this is from you and that we can travel this journey in your grace and your love. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're on the Ten Commandments. Um, He says, pressing the button. We're still on Ten Commandments, even though it didn't work. Yes, okay, so Exodus 20. So this is on page 77, I believe. And we're covering the first two commandments, the Ten Commandments. So, yeah, page 77. So I'm going to read um, verses 1 to 5, first of all. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. So this is the first, and I put up there, I say, I use the ESV version there, but I've also put besides me. Um, it's quite important. And if you're in a home group, um, that's what we're going to encourage you to look at this week, is to start to unpack some of the differences in translations and, and how that impacts how we read this. But we're not going to go into that now. We're just going to pick up. So the first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. Now, And of course the word besides me is not before me. It's not I can have God and then I can have a few other gods behind. 
It's quite simply, have no other gods. This commandment is quite straightforward. It basically says there is only one God. That's Yahweh. That's the God that we're talking about here. And there are no others. So, and I just felt I should say this this morning, there is no place for Freemasonry. There's no place for spiritualism. There's no place for tarots. There's no place for Buddhism. There's no place for any of other gods if we are a worshipper of the Lord Jesus Christ. Full stop. These are worship of other gods. And the first commandment is abundantly clear. There is no place for them. And the impact of those other gods on lives is recognizable and knowledgeable. So that probably doesn't challenge many of us, but it might challenge some. And when we come to the time prayer ministry and whatever, pray into those things. Let the Holy Spirit reveal if we're involved in any of those things. If we've been involved in them before, involved in the occult or anything before, then ask the Lord to reveal that to us and leave it behind today. So that's the first commandment. And it's a relatively straightforward one. Of course, in a culture at the time when they had many, many gods that were surrounded, that was more of a challenge, and it's less of a challenge to us. So many of us were probably not challenged by that particularly. But I say, if you are, just, just move into it. So the second, we're going to move on in the text to the second commandment. I think it's two of us printed, pressing buttons. Okay, so uh, we're going to go to verse 4. And again, I'm going to read from the ESV version. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness or anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. So, we're talking about carved images when we first read it. It says a carved image or likeness. We're talking about idols. This is about idolatry. So if you know anything about idols in, 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 in ancient Middle East, in the near Middle East, actually an idol was a carved object to which the deity would be believed to exist within. So idols, physical idols, was a real problem in that time. And you will read in the Old Testament, you will find Baal worship, you will find constant references to idols. And the Lord, time after time, getting them to destroy them, to burn them, to get rid of them. So it was a, it's a real issue. So, so, so what about me? Well, I haven't got any gold or carved images on my mantelpiece. I'm all right. What about you? Have you got any idols in your house? No, probably not. Well, that's good then, isn't it? So that's the second commandment. We're doing quite well. That's two ticked off, and that was less than five minutes. But hang on a minute. What does God think? What does Jesus say? And, of course, Jesus challenges us. When we come to adultery, and we'll come to that later on in this series, Jesus says, well, you committed adultery just by your eyes. You committed adultery by even thinking about it. Adultery exists in your heart. And the Pharisees haven't got that. The Pharisees are completely blinking. They go, well, I haven't done adultery. And Jesus says, yes, you have. 
So when it comes to idolatry, the question is exactly the same. Where is our heart in relation to God? Jesus isn't asking the physical question. The Pharisees put their sunglasses on and went, I haven't got any carved images in my house. I'm not an idolater. And Jesus says, is God the center of your worship? Is God the center of your universe? Because if not, then do you have idols that are distracting you? Do you have idols that are taking you away? And so, so you know, that's the challenge for us. But that's really difficult. I can't stand up here and say, well, your idol might be X or it might be Y. And we'll talk about a few possible things. But that's why we approach today the way we're going to approach it is actually to let the Holy Spirit speak to us. We're going to use some statements. We're going to use some stuff by J. John. Uh, if you've read the book, J. John, he does just 10. It's a really good book. I'd recommend it. We're going to use some of that material. Because the problem with idols is, in our modern culture, is that typically... They're not bad things. They're good things that have gone wrong. So in, in a sense, so, you know, an example might be power. We can idolise power. Now, power's not wrong. We're given power. Society have power for reasons that the construction and the, the organisation of society is correct. But we can idolise power. So we can't get rid of what it is we've idolized, but we have to deal with the idolatry. And, and this is the challenge. It's dealing with idolatry, not the idol. So money is another one. Money is good. We need money. Societies need money. That's how we function. But if money is an idol, if we're obsessed with money, or money drives us, we need money to shop. But if we are constantly driven to always having to buy something, then money has moved into the part of an idol. And that's the challenge we face. And that's why it's, it's, it's very difficult to unpack individually. But, you know, if we, if we live a life and we can't walk past the shop because we have to go in and buy or we search online and we're constantly obsessed by those things. And, of course, you know, we live in a society on my phone, but I've used my tablet. You know, these things can be full of idols. We can idolize things within them. Imagine it's a phone, but, you know, technology... But actually, it's no good. You might have seen videos of people smashing their computers because they've got a problem with a pornography and things like that. It's all very good, but actually, it doesn't really help at all. Because idolatry is not the object. Idolatry is the way we treat the things within it. And these things give us great value, but we have to treat them with the respect they do. So, you know, that, those are sort of some of the ideas. But we can do it in a church context. Churches can idolize the way they worship. Religion can build idols within it. We can start to worship the communion. We can worship the Eucharist, as many churches might call it. We, we can worship the music. We can start to even worship the Bible. And all of a sudden, the Bible is God to us. No, God is God. The Bible is God's words to us to help us come to God. And, and so you can start to see how we can start to place things in the way. And of course, we can make God himself an idol by creating our own image of him. We can create an image that this is what God is like and this is what I'm going to cling to. And God says, no, I am. I am. And so we can create our own idols. And, and for me, actually, even the journey of writing this, 
I, I journal since I came to faith. I write a prayer journal and I do it and I've now moved electronically. It's all in here. And I read this chapter in J. John's book and I had to stop journaling for two days. It's become idolatrous to me. It was my obsession. I had to do this. Well, if doing that was to get to God, why was I obsessed with it? I should be obsessed with getting to God. And even in the last week on Friday night, I was challenged about reading a Bible in a year. I had to stop for a few days because I realized, actually, you can become obsessed with things. And you think it's good. There's, you know, that saying, there's never too much of a good thing. I think it's untrue. There's always too much of a good thing, except God himself. So it's, you know, where they become the focus, where they become the, the driving force in our life. And we're going to put some statements up. As I say, we're tackling our treatment of them. We're not trying to destroy them. You know, not going to the cinema is not a way to deal with some idolatrous activity that we have in it. That's not the solution. Smashing our phones isn't the way. Um, it, we've got to find a way to actually deal with our hearts. And only, only Jesus can do that. Only the Holy Spirit can help us in that. And, of course, we can become our own idol. We can become obsessed with image. We can be obsessed with ourselves, our position, our power, what people think of us. And the question is, are we willing to be foolish for God? Are we willing to be just what God wants us to be, regardless of what the world would have us believe? So really, that's enough. I don't want to spend any more time, really. I just want to take us into to this activity and I'm just going to read one more thing, but I'm just going to show you these words. So, so these are taken directly from J. John's book. Um, when I read this book, I, was, I had all sorts of ideas of what this message was going to have in it. I volunteered for it months ago. and We were going to talk about idol, image idol of God and mankind and everything. And I read this chapter and the Lord said, why would you build a cart when I've given you a carriage? And so I had to put some of my own idolatry down and go, you're right, this is good stuff. So this is what we're going to do. So he gives us these statements. He gives us these seven statements. He says, God gives purpose, meaning and fulfillment to my life. God governs the way that I act. God is the focal point around which my existence hangs. God is often in my thoughts, and I get enthusiastic about God. Thoughts of God comfort me when I'm down. I read about God. I talk about God. I make friends with those who are committed to God. And finally, I desire more of God. And what J. John challenges us to is he says, if we can replace the word God in any of those sentences with something else, then and he uses the statement that it is an idol. I, I would say that it has the potential to be an idol, and the only way to know if it is an idol is by the conviction of the Holy Spirit. So that's what we're going to do. We are literally going to do that this morning. We've got hundreds of these bits of paper with these sevens on, with these blanks. And what we're going to do, we're going to sing a song and then we're going to have a bit of time and we're going to let the Holy Spirit minister in this place. And we're going to pass these around and the simple question is to take it, to read it and to pray so I've got blank gives me purpose, meaning, and fulfillment to my life. Lord, is this something for me? 
If it's no, then pass it on. If it's yes, then ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us, what is it? What is it that I've got in the way of God that's given me purpose? Where am I getting my purpose and meaning and fulfillment for my life? I desire more of what? What do I spend my life desiring more of? What am I thinking that's what I want more of? And I sense well, many of us will be challenged. If you end up collecting lots of these, don't feel bad. It's probably a sign of your honesty more than your actual status in life. Because what we're going to do with it is we're literally going to burn them. This is the dangerous bit, but we'll talk about that in a moment. But we are literally going to have an opportunity here to burn them. Because burning idols was in the brief from Louise. That's my excuse. So, um, <laughs> but it, it, literally, we're going to do that. Because actually, there's something symbolic about that. We're going to have an opportunity. So when you collected these up, and Tim will talk about it again when we get to it, you know, you're just going to keep these flowing. They're just going to flow. There's hundreds of these, and they're going to pass. And you might just pass them on. You may just pass them on. And you might get three or four the same, and it might be the Lord saying something particular to you. It might just be the luck of the paper. But, you, you know, actually just go with it. Trust the Lord to do his work here this morning because it's not a work any of us can do humanly. It's only a work he can do. And there is no condemnation to it. There's just an opportunity. There's, an, there's a chance to see a different way and to start to move into that. And it's not an immediate fix. But, you know, you challenge which one. I can't find it here. There's so many. But, you know, it's the thoughts of what comfort me when I'm down. Where do you go when you hit down? You start to find idols in those places because you suddenly find yourself in here. Why am I going here? This is an idol in my life and it's a challenge. So that's what we're going to do. So I'm going to invite the band to, to come up and say, we will explain that again. But and I do encourage you to say, when we, when we sing this next song, if you're upstairs and you're able, please come and join us down here. Because we really want God to minister in this place. That's why we've come. We've come to meet with God and we want God to do his work. So before we sing, I just want to share some words I wrote on Friday morning. And it just felt I had to read them. I can't even do any more than that. This morning is all about right worship. There is worship with a little w. And there is worship with a capital W. The first is the singing. It's the praise. It's our activity here. But the second is the direction in which every other part of our lives faces. Every part. John Piper says, When God is the blazing sun at the center of our solar system, all the other planets of our lives come into perfect orbit. On a similar vein, I would suggest that idols are like black holes. We can let our lives orbit around them. But they will suck us in. And when we get there, there'll be absolutely nothing but negative matter. So our worship here this morning is not an alternative to the worship of our lives. But it is the place to get the orientation a place to see clearly the sun, the God in the center of our universe. And to allow the Holy Spirit to point out 
the black holes in our lives. Today we're going to do that. We're going to step into worship. We're going to seek a fresh vision of God. And from there we will ask the Holy Spirit to speak right into our very hearts. Into the deepest. Or perhaps even the most obvious recesses of our lives. To reveal our black holes. To reveal the idols in our lives. And then we're going to burn them. We are literally going to burn them. On that brazier will be a light up here when we come to that. So we have a choice. We all have a choice. We can choose to observe or we can choose to participate. Please, please choose to participate. Maybe you've been there in a situation looking on at the work of the Holy Spirit active in this context and thought, I've never experienced that or I'm not sure. If so, then today choose to participate, to come into the full light of that sun and let him burn up the parts of our lives that aren't him. It's beautiful, trust me. It's scary, it's terrifying, it's uncontrollable, but it is truly beautiful. So please come.